0: Robert Plant is one of the most powerful and influential rock vocalists in history. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer was the front man for the legendary Led Zeppelin until 40 years ago, and since then, he's remained at the top of his game with multiple solo projects. He's been a guest on KBCO numerous times, and we thought since his birthday was this week, we'd delve into one of our favorite interviews with him for this episode of the Brett Saunders Podcast. Well, are you there, Brett? Robert, I am here. It's great to talk with you again. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Hey, you have an affection for Ward, Colorado. I remember that about you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've got an affection for everything, really, or and sometimes an infection. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to be around, you know. There's people everywhere that I,
0: I can nod to. Carry Fire is the new album. It's expansive, expressive, atmospheric. You know, nobody makes records that sound like this robert it's a it's a beautiful sounding album
1: well, thank you very much um I don't want to sound smug; we just do what we do. I'm very mm-hmm. glad to be keeping really good company, very sensitive musicians, great sense of humor good good people to be around. We don't have any kind of um basically the sky's the limit with where we take our music and so i'm I'm in a really good partnership with these guys. How important
0: is it to have a sense of humor, even if the music specifically isn't addressing or projecting
1: humor? Oh, it's crucial, mm-hmm. it, absolutely crucial. I mean, we take it seriously. I'm, I'm really, um, well, I don't know. I've been very lucky because, you know, the gods gave me a, a gift, and I've expanded on it, and uh, and it's likewise with everybody who tries to do anything down the line. You, you improve. But um, I don't take anything for granted, and I, I work really hard on stuff, and so do, so do my mates.
0: You have this cover of an Ursul Hickey song, which is uh, Bluebird <laughs> Over the Mountain. How did you find that record? Because it's relative, it was uh, something of a rockabilly hit 60 years ago, but it's relatively obscure.
1: Well, when I was a kid there was a guy called Richie Valens who um very very young when he passed away he was he was um he lost his life in a um an aeroplane crash with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and he had a song called La Bamba and he recorded it the track Bluebirds Over the Mountains and I heard it when I was a kid and I always had an affection for it and a little sort of poignancy to it, you know, somebody doesn't want to lose their love, they all oh, that sort of teen angst thing, but we just screwed with it and turned it around upside down, put it through the psychedelic grinder, and out it comes.
0: You know, one of the things I like about the album is you absorb a lot of elements of American music, but I also hear something vaguely Middle Eastern in this music, and some of your other recent music, too. Is that deliberate?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, I don't see it as being anything specific. It's just a kind of reflection, or maybe just a kind of taking a sample of what's going on around me.
0: It seems like this music has the ability, uh, not just your music specifically, but music from other cultures helps us uh, have some insight and some compassion, and it seems to me that we could use a lot of this music more now than ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's some stuff going down that's really strange, isn't there, at the moment? (laughs)
0: I floated out on social media a question that uh, our listeners might want to ask you. And there was one question in particular, and this surprised me. Uh, People want to know, are you familiar with a band called Greta Von Fleet? Because they're certainly aware of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Somebody sent me some stuff before they cut a record. Yeah. Um, Lonely, lonely, lonely. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he has a good time when he's 69. <laughs> yeah, but when I listen to your new album,
0: *The Circle Back*, it doesn't. I mean, you're just you're you're exploring tonalities and uh, ranges that perhaps you weren't exploring when you were 25 years old. You continue to expand as an artist. You're not you're not
1: doing oldies. Well, I am, but only after a certain amount of gin and tonic, and then <laughs> if you want it, if you want to hear run around Sue, I'm pretty good at that stuff but um but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I got, you know obviously everything changes, thank God for that, you know um it's funny, isn't it, really? because uh when something is so taken from an original drift. And it and it reappears like 50 years later, sounding like that. Well, you got to say there's a life in the old dog, but it's a different life. And um, lonely, lonely, lonely. I mean, uh, I've got the lonely, lonely button, but I keep it hid. But
0: you're part of a continuum, right? I mean, when you were growing up, we were talking about Ursel Hickey, and you were talking about Richie Valens, and some of the blues records that must have influenced you, and now you have literally become part of that continuum. That must be gratifying, yeah. in a sense.
1: Well, it's interesting, because uh, there's a lot of Zeppelin covers bands and stuff going on, you know, um, and some of them are girls. That's a kind of interesting take, isn't it, really? <laughs> Um, I think it's all very funny, and um, and also it's great entertainment. There's a there's a group in England that are really awful, but they make they they go on holiday to sunshine places because they play our songs, and I guess we go to sunshine places because we played Lead Belly songs, you know.
0: Can you tell me the name of this
1: band from England? I can't. No, I can't give them any promotion. There, (laughs) Fucking (laughs) awful. Jesus wept. I went to see him once, and the drummer's dad said to me, "Hey, Robert, what do you think? What Robert? What do you think about him?" Then I said, "It's the most amazingly exciting night I've ever had, and that is what they put on their flyer." (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not giving them any juice.
0: Have you written an autobiography, Robert, that I'm unaware of? No. W- would you consider that?
1: I certainly wouldn't.
0: So, do tell. Why?
1: I oh, just don't want to do it. No, well, I can't glorify or kind of remember most of the things that happened. You know, the greatest things that happened to me along the way were meeting other great people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or even being in the same room as energies that were spectacular and beautiful and and uh, positive. And I'm not being schmoozy here, but it's a fact.
0: No, it's it, it sounds absolutely sincere. Who would you like to meet, or whom would you like to meet now?
1: Well, I'd like to meet Elvis again. Um, wow! I mean, that was something else. And so, and talk about humor. <clears throat> and self-effacing humor. He was brilliant, very funny.
0: Can you tell me a little um, bit more about that, Robert, about meeting Elvis Presley, because I think that's something for the ages.
1: I think we were, um, it was the early 70s, sometime in there. He heard that we were, like, selling tickets faster than him, and he found that he was indignant about that and wanted to know what on earth was going on. (laughs) And um, so we went to see him a couple of three times, and uh, the final time that we saw him, He invited us to come and spend some time after the show. And we talked and talked and talked about Memphis Blues and the Howling Wolf and, uh, you know, uh, Forest City Joe and Jerry Lee and all that stuff. And it was great. It was just talking about music. And then he said to us, well, what do you guys get up to? I mean, do you you have to go through sound checks and... uh, we said, well, no, not really. We're lucky to get to the gig most of the time, never mind getting two sound checks. They weren't invented. And then Jimmy said, "Uh, well, when we do get there and if we do mess about, the singer only wants to sing your songs. (laughs) So he said, well, (laughs) to me, well, which one do you like singing the most? And I said, "Uh, dream me like a fool. Treat me mean and cruel, but love me. So we're laughing about it, and it's sort of cabaret time and then we come to leave and we're walking down the corridor back to the elevator and he swings around the door frame in, and I turn around and he's two doors back down standing there doing his number singing the song to me so the two of us wow. are singing to each other it's I mean it's super cheese it's very <laughs> very funny but at the same time his voice yeah, you know, it was like and my voice the two of us singing at each other was quite a kind sincere moment like like we were in the ink spots or something like that. You know, sure. But it was great. It was really good. He was a really warm guy. And I, I got to know his family quite a lot over the years. And there's a lot to get over there. Treat me like a fool Treat me mean and cruel
0: Well, Robert Plant, I appreciate your insight. I, I know you have to go, but I, I thank you for sharing your fascinating stories of this rock and roll business with us.
1: Cool. Okay. I look forward to seeing you guys. Um, nice to talk to you, and um, I'll see
0: you soon. You've been listening to the Brett Saunders Podcast. Catch past episodes with Mufford Insights, David Byrne, Wes from the Luminaires, Keith Richards, and more. On Demand at KBCO.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever